and welcome to another episode of Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have somebody who you all probably know because you retweet his uh, tweets often. Not only that, but you share them in your group chats. You were probably the most familiar person in everybody's group chats, but none other than <laughs> none other than Phil Lewis. How are you feeling today? I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. I, I think what a lot of people actually don't know is that I'm a big fan of the ringer. <laughs> so this is this is really fun to, to, to be on it. This is really cool. Yeah, no, I, a shout out to Bill Simmons and everybody else at The Ringer for giving me this opportunity. And I'll make sure that Bill gets you on next and we share this so we can <laughs> uh, get the exposure, get you the true Ringer family mm-hmm. network. So, look, I start um, each one of my shows by having my guests walk us through the arc of their careers and talk mm-hmm. us through each one of your career stops since finishing up Jamil Hill University. I mean, Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about that. Yeah, uh, Michigan State. Right. So I. You know, it's it's really funny. I didn't ma- I didn't major in journalism. Uh, I had never uh, participated in a, in a journalism class before I even got into this field. Uh, I actually majored in sociology. And when I left Michigan State, I was a teacher for a bit. I was a teacher, um, but my time at Michigan State really, you know, how people say like, oh, you know, what what moment really radicalized you? Um, during my time at Michigan State, there was a student who had had a um, racist incident on campus. And so this is before Black Lives Matter as a hashtag. This is before we really knew what social media could do as far as spreading information. Um, we actually, I was, a, I was a member of Black Student Alliance on campus and we came together, uh, you created a hashtag uh, to help uplift the student and then to show people what was going on. Uh, and, and we saw kind of the power of that. So it was a little combination of that uh, on top of the execution of Troy Davis uh, oh. in, in Georgia. Yeah, that, yep. that happened like that. That also It happened around that same sort of time period. And that was really sort of like those combination of moments really showed me the power of social media. And that's when I really started using Twitter in a way that in, in a similar way that I, I use it now. Uh, and so from from then on, I got an internship with HuffPost as a politics fellow. I was learning everything on the fly in 2015 in the middle of the Trump campaign. It was a whirlwind. Um, but I decided that this is what I really wanted to do. I wanted to stay in this field. I wanted to uplift uh, Black stories. Uh, and that's that's what I try to do. Um, but also share all, all sorts of stories. And, and you know, that's probably why people kind of uh, come to me for that, that sort of thing. So, Look, for, for listeners who may not read, and, and we'll get to a lot of the work that you do out there on X. Mm-hmm. I think X is so funny. I watch I watch young people who uh, post their uh, receipts from their parents and their parents send them text messages to say, this is not what your debit card is for, because it simply says X dot com dollars a month. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll get to, to everything that sure. you have to centralize information. But for li- listeners who may not read HuffPost, what is it? Talk about front page editor. I feel like that is self-explanatory, but for people who may not realize how important it is to have someone like you who actually commits to making that work the work of the day, how critical is the role, a role of front page editor? Mm-hmm. What did you have to do to get that job? Yeah, so the front page, uh, well, I'll talk about HuffPost first. HuffPost is a digital uh, digital online news uh, outlet. And it's it's really one of the originals, one of those one of the sort of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously created by Marianne Huffington, Jonah Peretti, and and these other these other sorts of figures in, in the digital space. Uh, but before I think before I before I even I got there, um, it was known as far as it's, it's 
regard it was regarded as a um, sort of aggregator style site. Uh, and I think over the years we've obviously expanded. We've created our own uh, sort of like platform that we use to, to cover stories that we want to share. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we are very different from other other sort of outlets, and and we have. We, we the way the, the way that we cover the news and, and the way that we go about it is is pretty unique even in a space that's so crowded uh, as, as it is today. Uh, that, that might be why I've been at HuffPost so long. I've been there for about seven eight years. Eight so, years. I was like, and the people don't have that type of longevity anymore either. It's it's no. different. I just had some 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 friends of mine from Axios on, and you see the new kind of burgeoning news sites that are similar to HuffPost, but not the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. You guys are, even though you're new, relatively new by comparison to New York Times or whatever, you're right. almost legacy when it comes to this new internet internet space. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're a legacy digital outlet. <laughs> <In that sense. laughs> we're, we're a legacy digital outlet because that's how, that's how we were created. That's, that's where we got our start. Uh, and, and as far as the front page editor, this, this role is so, is so critical uh, because I like to liken it as like a, you know, a, a point guard kind of, of of a, a pub post like we get to we're we're essentially assignment editors and we assign different types of stories uh to different teams so whether that's our breaking news team which we work closely with our, our, our national editors we still work with uh but we get to cover we get to basically direct the traffic uh, or direct the flow of the news coverage in the newsroom and so having a black person in that sort of role obviously is is pretty is pretty unique it's it's pretty important because i'm able to i and this is how i got into the field i i see stories um in a way that a lot of people kind of in the news that do not look like me might not think might not think is as important or might not see or might just ignore um i try to find those type of stories and and me you and i we've we've actually worked together on on a right. story about the woman in south carolina um, who was losing right. Exactly, who was losing who was losing her home or in the process of losing her home. Those are the sorts of stories that I think they they get coverage on the on the local level. But as a national editor, uh, I like to find those sorts of stories and kind of uplift them and see if we can actually cover them in a different way. You know, I want to piggyback on that because you know we'll get to the politics of the day. But talking about yep. you're also a Detroit native, but talk yes. about how your formative years in Detroit helped shape your orientation toward torture journalism and the work you do today. Yeah, well, growing up in Detroit, it's 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 two specific things. Uh, the first is that Detroit is just a, it's a beautiful black city. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful city. And I think if you if if you aren't familiar with it, if you don't have family there, if you don't live there, then obviously your your uh, perception of Detroit is it's colored, right? It's colored as far as the media. And, and I grew up with. A, a a different sort of perception of of my city, right? And so that when I think about things now uh, and, and how I would cover it, when I think about just how I would cover uh, Detroit in general, like are we are we uplifting stories in in these communities? Are we speaking on these communities in, in the way that they deserve to be told? Are we telling the stories that are that are important in these communities? And that's that is kind of like shaped how I how I like to go about uh, sharing stories about other communities, finding unique stories and telling telling stories you know it's it's all about sort of becoming a storyteller uh and, and i use social media in that way to to tell stories mm. uh and then and then the second way i would say is that uh detroit uh is just people from detroit are just so 
unique and and growing up around just black people just everywhere all over the place like everywhere like whenever i see you know people on twitter they'll they'll ask um or excuse me x they'll ask uh, you know when was the first time you had a, a black elementary school teacher and mm-hmm. i was looking at those questions and i'm like nope nope I'm just, i had a black preschool teacher all the way up until high school uh so i i'm i i see i see those sorts of, of things and i i'm able to use kind of my own perspective as a, as a black man especially particularly as a black man in a field that where there's not that many of us um and i use that perspective to find other stories uh that i think just are not being covered so i would say those two things this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness we're not all professional athletes but we all have health goals that's why anytime fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach plus you can track your training nutrition and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. You know, I'm hearing a lot of hot takes from the elections this week from abortion mm-hmm. being top of mind for voters to Democrats showing down ballot strength despite polling uh, that, you know, is wreaking havoc on the takes about President Biden. What are some of your election day 2023 takeaways? And then I'll, mm-hmm. I'm going to replay this in a year to see yeah. <laughs> if those takeaways actually matter. Uh, my my hottest scorching take is that um, I was actually watching the uh, Virginia delegates uh, race really closely because I just wanted to see what was going to happen with uh, Susanna Gibson, who was running and, and uh, the Post had run a really kind of trashy hit piece kind of on her uh, because she was having, you know, she was doing live stream sex acts with her with her husband. And in my opinion, you know, I thought this was America. Like, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you can't, if you can't do stuff like that and, and run and and, you know, I have a chance then. Did she win? You know, what are we, what are we doing? No, no, no. She, no, she, uh, I, I don't think she, the last time I saw it, I, I'm pretty sure that she did not win. I'm not sure if it was close, but I don't think that she, I don't think she won, but it was still a, a really interesting race for, for me to kind of watch because it, it actually had a lot of um, other themes around it as far as like, what do we really, do we really care about? Are we Puritans? Like, what do we, you know, what are, what are, what are voters really, what do voters really care about? And that kind of goes into another sort of take as far as what do what do people really care about what do black people really care about and i i whenever i'm looking at polling i always try to remind people to to please remain clear-eyed about whatever you see on the internet because it's not all it's not always real i don't i don't think that um 
people should always go off. And, and, we've, and we've seen this. I mean, you have David Axelrod uh, going a little bit, <laughs> a little back. He kind of uh, backtracked a little bit, you know, off, this, off the polling that we've seen, uh, the, the New York polling, New York Times polling that we've seen. Um, you know, he kind of backtracked a little bit and was like, you know, I actually didn't say that that she should that uh, that President Biden should should not yeah. run. But um, I ju- I just want people to remain clear eyed. I mean, we see that uh, Democrats had a really sort of excellent uh, showing. And and what's funny is that the last time they didn't really have a a great showing was like what twenty twenty one. That's probably the the last like not not that great. So. Um, it's just I, I just remind people to remain clear out about these things uh, and just to pay attention to other races uh, as much as they can. Let me ask you this question. One of the things and it's mm-hmm. a juxtaposition, you saw the voters come out of Mississippi, although Presley didn't win that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the turnout for black folk was through the roof. I mean, the, you know, they had to get a, they had to ask a federal court to keep polls open, et cetera, et cetera. So it was yep. a monumental day. And then you saw a Trump endorsed black Republican get mollywop in Kentucky. <laughs> when you look at that. Tell me about the themes you see about Trump pulling black voters. It kind of debunked that this week, didn't it? Yeah, I'd say it it debunked that. But it also, to me, made something very clear is that, you know, and this is something that you I'm sure you said is something that I will continue to say, something that I I know people continue to say that black people are not monolithic. That's something that we always we always say Uh, you have voters like you were just saying in Mississippi, uh, which is obviously this place that has this long history of activism and, and sort of civil rights among these black black voting advocates uh and then you have places like kentucky uh where people are like mm, we don't really know about about this guy like it's you have andy Bashir doing so doing so well it's just it just always reminds me to tell people just let's take a look things maybe are not as clear and clear-cut as they, as they may, may may seem online um and to you know be careful with the polling. <laughs> so <laughs> true. It, it's sort of, you know, how many times sort of, I've been polled. You know how many times I've been polled since I've been voting age? No, none. Never. No, really. Okay. No I'm time. actually surprised by that. <laughs> I've never, no one's ever called my cell phone asking to ask me about this election or that election. One of the things that I've been looking at is the economy is doing really well. And, you know, it used to be, is the economy stupid? Why, in your opinion, mm-hmm. is that not propelling Joe Biden to do that much more? Is it because we've allowed him to be caricatured into our uncle who's falling asleep at every dinner or, or what? Uh, so one of the things that I think is really important about media in general <laughs> is that, uh, perception sort of colors everything. This is why you have people on Twitter. Um, they're saying things like, well, you know, Trump gave us, you know, the stimulus, <laughs> you know, right. That, you know, it, whether that's, you know, despite that being like, not true, not true <laughs> perception, perception is, is, is everything. Right. And so. Under right now, people uh, inflation is is obviously not great. Inflation is not great. People are trying to buy homes, can't buy homes. There's uh, it's just and people and people see funding going to what Ukraine and then all these different places, and they're wondering like, what about me? All this is happening under obviously the auspices of, of President Biden, right? So perception is is a little bit of of, of everything when it when it matters to to how people. Are, are viewing what's happening. And so I think what I would suggest, you know, not, not to, you know, give anybody any advice, but what, I, what, what seems to be an issue is that there, people just do not know what's happening. You know, don't, they don't always, they don't always, they know what's happening as far as in their, in their daily lives, but 
sometimes people don't aren't aware of like what's happening unless they you know they see it online or or see it somewhere else because we're all so preoccupied with what we've got going on we all have you know our own issues and things like that that we're not always looking at what's happening like in dc or wherever else so it's it's not always um it's not always that we're we're like ignorant like people like to think like oh black voters are just ignorant I'm like no that's that's not what it is at all um, we just got too much to worry about at home to be thinking about what's there's a lot there's always you know, there's always too much happening and so i just want people to remain clear about that this episode is brought to you by viore i love sports i know you do too i also know that lots of you exercise but if you're like me and my wife the the beloved sports gal you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You know, one of the questions yeah. that I have in particular, because you're from Michigan and you you know about the battleground states. I mean, you're, you're at the Huff Post. You, you see this yeah. just come across your desk on a regular basis. There's two groups of people, black men in particular. And, you know, you're starting to see this weird waka flocka, like, uh, you know, um, Kodak Black, um, um movement like ice, ice cube type ice cube. like i don't think it's real yeah. i think it's like seven people but I, I may be wrong push back if i'm wrong and also the impact of what's going on and I, we don't have to talk about gaza because that's a whole another episode but mm -hmm. talk about it in relationship to muslim voters in places like minnesota minnesota and michigan where that actually will matter in a battleground state it definitely will matter in a place like michigan which has uh dearborn michigan which is a nearby suburb of uh of detroit and has i believe i probably will be fact checked on this but it has i believe the largest um muslim population outside of what outside of um over overseas so uh i mean everyone's huge everyone's huge as far as as far as that population um but there's not like people it's not like they're going to vote for trump right am i missing something no i, I think i think what will happen is people will just stay home 
Yeah. You know, exactly. people, people will just, people will just stay home. Uh, you know, people will stay home or, or I think there are so many people who are disillusioned with the voting process. And this is, you know, I'm not repeating anything new. This is something that we've been talking about over and over for, you know, for years now. Um, but it's, it's just people will stay home. You know, I, I think that that's something that the Democratic Party will have to grapple with. You know, how do you, how do you reach, reach people? You know, how do you reach people? This is something that they're, will have to battle with. For you know, for for from now up until all the way up until the you know the real election. So, yep. You know, one of the things you're seeing is people like Tim Ryan and David Axelrod, as we mentioned earlier, call for Joe Biden to step aside, which is practically impossible, like literally impossible, because filing deadlines for places like Nevada, South Carolina, New Hampshire have mm-hmm. passed or are passing imminently. But what do you think about that? I mean, do they do they do anything other than weaken Joe Biden? Do they weaken Joe Biden at all, or do they just have no place in this discourse? Uh, I don't, I don't think they weaken. I, I, I always, and this might just be myself, but I, I, I wonder if people like myself and or people around sort of my, like my age, how much do we really hang on the hat of David Axelrod, you know, and, and sort of people like that. I mean, we, we see the headlines, but I don't, I don't, somebody who is deciding to vote or deciding not to vote, I don't think is, is maybe waiting on, you know, what, David Axelrod has to say, I'm sure maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to take his, I'm not like, I'm not taking his character or anything, but uh, I, I just don't know how, I don't know how uh, people look at, people look at maybe a headline that and say like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, now I'm going to go, you know, do whatever he's going to do. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of effect. Uh, I mean, like we said, he he went back and actually backtracked a little bit on, on, on what he said. I, I don't think, I don't think, I think Tim, Tim Ryan is, you know, sticking to, to his guns on it. Uh, but I mean, and even if they are, even if they do have solid points, I, I just don't know how if people are listening in that, in that sort of way. But from what you're saying, and I mean, I, I want you to look at all the totality of the issues of race you cover, politics you cover, sure. everything you cover. How do we end up in a position in this country? My last question for you, where you have yeah. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump running for president of the United States. Hmm. Uh, it seems to me like there, there just hasn't been, and this is, this is, this is maybe an issue that this is perhaps an issue that can be seen up until like up until the Obama administration. It doesn't seem like there has been a a significant pipeline for strong democratic figures to come up up you know up, who are coming up under under Obama or behind Obama who would be ready to sort of take take this this sort of step. Uh, now now there are there are candidates who who are interesting to me. So obviously, uh, Gretchen Whitmer is somebody who's interesting to me. Uh, I, I saw you tweet about uh, Andy Bashir actually. Yeah, I just uh, want to piss off Gavin News. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's there's interesting people, but I, I don't think that 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 pipeline is 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 so is so strong, and, and that's why you have Biden in, in in the predicament that he's in right now. Uh, so there's I think that that's the been the biggest thing. There's been no strong bench pipeline yeah there's yeah. no strong bench even today like even the names that we that we've touched on uh gavin newsom you know stepping back a little bit because he's like oh, i don't know if i really want to go this, you know this this right now so that there's there's been no strong bench in in my opinion hmm. well phil lewis i love having you on i go to i check phil lewis's twitter feed every single day tell people how they can find you how they can follow you how they can follow your work at HuffPost, and then i'm gonna call bill yeah. simmons and gonna get you on his show too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I it's it's so funny. I really do uh, listen because that's actually people ask me like, how do I um, 
uh, how do I cope with, you know, all the news that I see all the time? And, and I listen to sports podcasts. So I listen to um, Logan Murdoch and, and Roger Bell. And I listen to uh, um, Bill, obviously Bill's podcast as well. Cousin Sal, those, those type of folks. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, that's my way of getting, you know, of getting shout away out, from the news. Shout out all of my team over there. Durant. Exactly. That's how I do it too. Yeah. yeah so, follow you though, Phil. Yeah. So uh, I am on Twitter uh, or X. <laughs> I got to use that. I'm on X at Bill underscore Lewis underscore. I also have a, a newsletter that's free. It's called What I'm Reading, whatimreading.net. I have a newsletter. Yep. It's, it's growing. It's growing every day. It's free. I just want people to just find information and, you know, I try to provide it for them. Shout out to Phil Lewis. Shout out to Huffington Post. Everybody doing good work. And shout out to The Ringer. Thank you for joining the Bakari Sellers Podcast, my brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>